so passionate about helping businesses grow and you absolutely have to market to grow your business. I'm Tiffany Youngren of OMH Agency and welcome to Chat and Grow Masterminds. I recently had the incredible opportunity to visit with digital marketing mastermind and successful entrepreneur Neil Patel. Neil is the co-founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, and Kissmetrics, tools that a lot of us use. He helps companies like Amazon, NBC, GM, HP, and Viacom grow their revenue. The Wall Street Journal calls him a top influencer on the web, Forbes says he is one of the top 10 marketers, and Entrepreneur Magazine says he created one of the 100 most brilliant companies in the world. He was recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30 by President Obama and one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 35 by the United Nations. Neil has also been awarded the congressional recognition from the United States House of Representatives. And you know, with all those credentials and how amazing that is, something that really struck me about his approach to business and even why he started is a repeated theme in his story of demand creating action. At 15, he couldn't get a job, so he started a business. While running successful companies, whenever they need tools to do the job better, well, they just go out and create them. Well, before we begin, I do want to thank Neil again for generously giving his time and expertise, his assistant Curtis, who helped put this all together, and my sound tech, Alex Youngren, who made magic happen to pull sound out of almost nowhere. You're now about to jump into this great conversation as Neil is telling us about a typical day in his life. Marketing tool like SEO, marketing, etc., and give it all away for free. Okay, awesome. Mainly phone calls and meetings. I okay. kid you not, I spend most of my day in phone calls and meetings. That's the majority of my day. Okay, so what kind? I mean, this probably just sounds like a yes. weird question, but like, I'm sure that. Yeah, like what does that mean? Employees, it'll be dealing with, uh, you know, clients, it'll be dealing with potential business deals that I could be making or partnerships or doing a ton of emails and responding to the inbox from just questions from readers or responding to comments that I get on the blog. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a lot of grunt work and grinding it out. <laughs> Okay, very good. And a lot of that, and, and again, um, and we talked about this a little bit before we started, is that um, there's just so much that you do and so much that is part of your life. Um, and the main people that we speak to through Chat and Grow are entrepreneurs and um, also a lot of marketers, but also just people who are like you, just, well, you know, like you are, like I said, where they want to be. So they're kind of the beginning of the grinding it out. So at the beginning, I thought we could talk about, continue to talk a little more about you as an entrepreneur, and then we'll move into talking. I, I just want to give myself a little leeway to geek out a little bit about this whole agency thing. Being a small agency and growing, I just, I have a couple questions for you, that and Rena. But then we'll move on to more strategies and tactic, tactics when it comes to digital marketing, because you, um, I know the content you provide is amazing um, and it works and there's, it's data driven. And so I just really appreciate that. So a little bit more about you as an entrepreneur. Um, so what, how do you consume content? Like, do you, are you reading blogs, listening to podcasts, watching videos? Like, how do you consume it? I don't listen to too many podcasts. Uh, I read a lot. Um, 
and not just news from like marketing sites. I also read, you know, tech blogs like TechCrunch. I also read uh, Entrepreneur. I also read Forbes. I also read like The Economist. Uh, mainly all online reading. But yeah, in general, and then I typically have CNN on the background or CNBC or one of those stations. Okay, okay. And so just to get a little more technical, so do you physically read them or do you use tools to read them? Yeah, I physically read. Okay, nice. So you read actual books where you open them and read the pages? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't like websites. Okay, okay, very good. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, stop the world. <laughs> okay. I don't do too many books. I should. I just... So do you listen to Audible or anything like that? I'm just, again, I'm just curious nah, for I myself. No, I read books. Like the last book I read was Principles by Ray Dalio. Oh, yeah. The physical book, and I did that while I was on the airplane. Okay, very good, very good. Um, okay, well, and then let's just uh, talk a little bit about agent, the agency side of things. So right now you're running an ad, ad agency, did you say? And, Correct, yeah, okay. Neil Patel Digital. Okay. And um, are you still involved with the other companies that, I mean, I feel like I've been so immersed in your content, things like that. Are you still involved with a lot of that? Or does your content more promote uh, Neil Patel Digital? Or how does that work? Yeah, so the, the, the other companies are self-run. There's people who run them. I spend all my time on Neil Patel or Neil Patel Digital. Uh, and the content for NeilPatel.com is used to promote that agency. Okay. And are you talking about like uh, online ads or do you do print? What kind of We do agency? a digital ad agency where we do, uh, we manage ads, Facebook, Google AdWords, Bing ads. We do SEO, content marketing, social media marketing, email marketing, funnel optimization, you know, conversion optimization, just all aspects of digital marketing. Okay, very good, very good. Well, I really um, I really appreciate the content you put out. Um, and at the beginning, so can you tell me a little bit about like your first business and how you got into the point where um, you know you were in you've been in a lot of digital marketing spaces. So uh, how did you go from, okay, I'm focused on this very first business and then how did you move from there? It, it was natural progression. So I created a job board as my first website. Didn't know how to get traffic, so I had to learn marketing. From there, I created an ad agency because I got good at the traffic part. And then when I was running the ad agency, we were managing you know accounts like General Motors, and they're spending millions a month. They didn't know what was causing conversions or what wasn't. So we built tools like Crazy Egg to help them figure out what's causing conversions and what's not. And there's natural progressions. And then, you know, if you fast forward all the way to today, you see another ad agency, Neil Patel Digital. But that's there because we just, you know, happen to be where we just get so many leads and people want to pay us for consulting. We're like, okay, I guess it's time to create another ad agency. <laughs> okay. That's really how it came about again. Well, good. And so I'm imagining that with, with as much content as you put out, um, you, you have writers. Is that true? Scores of writers, or do you write? I put out an article a day. I'm sorry, what was that? I put out an article a day. Okay. Uh, and I, so I'll outline, and then I'll write, and then we have a lady named Laura who will edit and correct. Grant will add the images, double then ends up putting it into WordPress. Laura will double check, and then it goes live. Okay, so you do write 
your 2,000 plus word. Well, most of my articles aren't that long. Oh, they're okay. And, they're, and a lot of my content started to focus on the newbie audience because it's easier to write in quantity that way. I'm shifting strategies within a month to two months where I'll stop writing once a day. And, and technically, I don't write once a day. You know, I'll crank out like three articles, you know, in four or five hours, right? So it's, it's actually not that bad. Um, and then what I'll end up doing is going back to just writing one a week and super high quality. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, and how did you scale? In what aspect? Well, um, or how did you grow your brand in general? So, so you went from a job board to an ad agency that managed GM Motors. I mean, how did it, you know, that's a... I guess starting, I deal with a lot of small businesses and a lot of really uh, growth-focused entrepreneurs, and we're all like, so how, what happened, like, in that middle part? It, just, it happens naturally. Like, it went from trying to do marketing for my own website. Didn't go, oh, I did well on that, but other people didn't do well, so I had to learn it on my own. From there, I wasn't still making any money, had traffic, so I decided to go to college, gave a speech on how Google works. Someone gave me a job from there, did well from them, they referred me to more people, kept going, got bigger clients. From there, I started applying to speak at conferences, met more people. Some people gave me more business, right? And that's mm-hmm. how I got accounts like General Motors. Oh, very good. Very good. So how much, I know a lot of people, um, and I read and, and listen to things about this all the time about, like, be patient and just keep on the grind and do the right thing. Um, is that kind of the attitude that you had and you just kind of kept doing the right thing? And beyond that, how long did you think, do you feel it took from, like, I'm not making any money to, like, now I'm killing it? Uh, it took, like, five, six years. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but it's just doing the right thing over and over again. I mean, so what would you say, like, was a mantra that played in your head? I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just projecting onto you. Like, I know I have to have things in my head that... Yeah, well, help me get to where I am is I'm not the smartest person. But I've learned that as an entrepreneur and as a marketer, you're going to make mistakes. So make those mistakes, but learn from them. And learn from them enough where you avoid making the same ones over and over again. And eventually, you'll learn what not to do. Okay. Well, can you remember like an early mistake that you made that you feel was kind of pivotal in the, in the early days? Yeah, I made, did too many businesses at once. Spread myself thin. Had too many irons in the fire, but I wasn't focusing on making any of them. Okay. So when I've learned over the years, focus is what really makes businesses big. Uh, Another thing that I've learned is not having the right people and team. Hmm. Just hiring people because they're smart doesn't mean that they're going to be able to help you grow. It has to be a cultural fit. You have to be dedicated to the cause, the vision. That ideally have industry experience. They have to be self-sufficient, good executors, right? So it's like you live and learn from a lot of mistakes in life. Right. So you probably got to know. So would you say then that in that process, you were able to kind of get to know what to look for? What are what are a couple of things as you're building your team that you started to notice that maybe before you were doing it one way, but you were really able to adjust? And this is the new thing that I really want to look at in the future. Sure. So I now only hire people who are smarter than me in whatever areas that they're going to specialize in. Two, they have to be a cultural fit. I'm not always good at figuring out who's a cultural fit, so someone else on the team will also interview them to make sure they're a cultural fit. 
uh, three, I make sure they're self-sufficient. So before I hire them, be like, hey, not what you just did in your past company, but like, what are you going to do here? No, exactly. What are you really going to do here? And if they can't answer and give you step by step, you know, like ideas or action plans, like they're not a good fit. Mm. Um, and then the fourth, to reduce failure, I'll call up the previous employers just to double check and do reference checks. And I won't ask them like, would you hire them? Because everyone's always going to say yes. I'll ask some questions like, what do you think their strengths and weaknesses are? Hmm. Right? So when you get concrete data, you can then make better informed decisions. Right, right. That's really that's really good. And so, um, and let's backtrack a little bit too, because it's kind of got me really curious. Like what even made you, you said you built your first website at 16, right? Mm-hmm. And that I was... I find a job. And I couldn't find a job, so I created a job for <laughs> That is, I feel like that's like your common thread is that like, okay, this is what I want to do, but I don't have what I need to do it. So I'm just going to create it. And I'm seeing a pattern here, (laughs) you know, Um, but why, like, that's really young. Um, I mean, our family has a culture of entrepreneurialism, so I get it. But like, what, what was it in you early on that you saw that really inspired you to do something about it? I wanted money. <laughs> it was really that I just wanted money and I was young and I didn't know how to make it. So I was like, I guess I can't find a job. So I'm going to create my own That's so awesome. I love it. And so now, um, and did I hear you correctly that early on you tried to hire someone to build your website, but then you had trouble with it or what? No, no, I hired them to do marketing. Okay. And they failed and they just took my money. Okay. <laughs> okay. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs have that story. <laughs> You know, and it's hard going into marketing. You know, I find myself, I build websites and, and we help with, with content. And I always find myself going, um, I'm really sorry. You know, I know it's probably scary to hire me. I've had to hire, you know, <laughs> for the same job. But it, I, I feel like it, it adds an empathy, though. Um, have you seen that play a role in your in your position where it's like you're lacking in something and then you're turning around and helping someone in that area? Yeah, but- you know, it's just like you lack and then you try helping someone and it either work or doesn't or you get good at it and then from there you create a business. But like, I believe there's no one path for someone mm-hmm. and your experiences in life is what like just leads you down to wherever you're going to be. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. I know, you know, I keep... Um, as I, as I talk to you more, I, I just get this really, um, you know, usually I can ask questions and it's like, oh, here's the answer. Oh, awesome. Okay. Let's go down this road. But I love how you just, it just feels like you just adapt to what's happening and then create, like you just said, you, then you create a path based on, on what's, what we're doing. And so, yeah, really, yeah. It's funny when you get venture capital investment and I've raised venture capital dollars for previous businesses. Most people think, oh, yeah, you get VCs give you money and you're going to go execute on the business and that's it. And then you try to sell it or go public. Venture capitalists know that whatever they invest in you for, the chances are that's not going to be the end product. Mm. And and they adapt and it's just a natural progress. You got to adapt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and that's like a whole nother thing. Like I couldn't even, um, I know you're in, are you, are you, where are you originally from? I grew up in Orange County. Okay, so you're from California, and I feel like like we're in Billings, Montana. And so I'm, you know, we're like, oh, wow, venture capitalism. That's just amazing. It feels like, 
Mars and then we're over on Pluto, you know, and so, um, but it's really fascinating to me because I, you know, read about it and, and a lot of people in my industry, even here, it, you know, we've all heard of it and talked about it and I know a lot of people engage in it. Um, but it's fascinating to me that you say that, so they expect that something different comes out at the end. Is that, am I hearing you correctly? They don't expect it. They assume. Oh, they assume. Okay. They prefer not probably. What was that? Yeah. That's what happens with most businesses. They pivot. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, and then, so let's see here. So uh, Jessica Baldwin um, from, she's a co-founder of Hard Setter here in Billings, Montana. <clears throat> she asked, if you were marketing a brand new startup with very limited resources, where would you prioritize your time and efforts? Yeah, I would prioritize it based off of experimentation. So think of marketing like spaghetti. And if you're a new business, let's say you want to test out and start off with a few hundred bucks in marketing. You could try a little bit of paid ads on Facebook, a little bit of paid ads on Google. You can try some social media marketing, some SEO, right? You can pick some strategies. And it's like spaghetti, you throw it against the wall. Mm -hmm. And you see what sticks. And what sticks is where you should just focus all your time. So it's like you're doing a lot of little experiments and whatever you feel has the most potential and is looking the most promising, that's where you just focus all your energy. And once it's up and running and you tapped out of that channel, let it, you know, pretty much set it, go on cruise mode and maximize it. And then, of course, divert your attention to expanding into another channel. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That's a lot of things you're saying. I, um, Usually I like to like think of like, okay, what's my next question? Cause that was amazing. But I'm like, oh, thank you for telling. I almost feel soothed so much that it's hard to think of the next question. Cause I'm like, oh, thank you for saying that. Because it can be frustrating and it can be, you can feel, I'm a taskmaster and I feel like I really, as an entrepreneur had to train myself to be more fluid. And so when you say things like that, like, you know, you have, there's no other way. You have to figure out what works for your business. Yeah, there's no one answer. Like anyone who tells you, like, this is how you grow a company, that you should full of shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit more then about, like, marketing strategies and marketing tactics. Um, so uh, another question that uh, Jessica asked was, what is some kind of new or emerging marketing strategies or tools that you're really excited about right now? I use HubSpot a lot. I use uh, Crazy Eagle a lot, which is one of my tools. I use Google Analytics a ton. Um... I use ConvertKit for emails a lot. They're amazing. Uh, what else do I use? I use Buffer a lot to schedule my social shares. Mainly it. Okay, okay. There's too many tools out there. You don't need a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, mar every and everybody knows marketing changes really quickly. However, the things you're talking about, and, the, and I noticed that the things that you use, so much of it, and anyone who's been in marketing for a length of time, it's the same. You know, it's about it's about user experience. It's about putting content out. And the tools that you just listed, I'm thinking, okay, those are tools that we've been using for years, you know. So as much as it changes, how would you how would you translate this fast changing marketing with like your strategies in marketing? Yeah, there's always new tactics that come around. I focus on the ones that work and have been around for a long time. And then once you've tapped out of all of them, yeah, sure, test the new ones here and there, but you don't need to innovate in marketing to do extremely well. You can use a lot of the same old boring tactics that worked three, four, five years ago and they still work today. Okay, awesome, awesome. I think that's really good to know. 
And then um, Rachel Jones again here in Billings, she's from Nourishing Minimalism, and she asks, uh, what percent of ad uh, of revenue do you recommend pe uh, businesses spend on ads? No, you don't look at what portion of revenue, you look at profitability. So if you can spend a dollar and make three and you're highly profitable, you spend as much as you can. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's really based off of profit. As long as it's profitable, you just spend as much as you can. Well, and honestly, I approached this question. I thought, okay, I've had two podcasts recently where I've interviewed people and we've exactly talked about that. And I thought, but this is, I, I really want to find out what you have to say about it. It is exactly what was talked about before. Everybody's like, well, if I have $5 and I know it's going to make 20, I would spend as many $5 as I have, <laughs> you know? Until it stops making 20, you just <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, um... Well, and um, well, if you were to think about, like, do you work um, directly with a lot of businesses, or is that something that your people work with, or what? What's your you're, connection? You're in a that? huge team. They, they, I, I don't do the account management. I do the. I help with strategy, but I'm not the, doing day to day account management. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And um, okay. And I have to ask this too. This is probably just a ridiculous question, but. Um, so your content that you push out on, um, on both, um, on, there are a couple blogs. I mean, I want, I read Feedly all the time. I use Feedly to feed in all these blogs that I really like to follow and Google and hear what their news is and things like that. Um, and I noticed, you know, yours comes through on a couple, all that content. I was honestly a little bit surprised that you, that your company that you promote is ads because i it's just like, why are you giving me all this amazing information that is going to grow my business tremendously? I was almost hesitant to ask about ads. I was like, does Neil do ads, you know? So how does that connect? Can you explain a little bit about the content connecting to promoting your brand? Sure. So I look at content as in if you just help people and you give a lot away for free, people will start following you, they'll build you trusting you, your brand, and then eventually they may want to end up hiring you. They'll be like, oh, I love his content. Oh, okay, let's see what else Neil has to offer. Oh, this is close up. Oh, maybe we should see what he does. Oh, he runs ad agency. Oh, we like his stuff. Maybe his ad agency is good. Let's give him a call and see if we can work with them, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer in you give, 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 and eventually it'll come back. Okay. And so you must have a real passion then for, because I one thing I appreciate is that you'll write a lot about um how to write content, you know, how to be read, how to be heard, how to get viral. Um, and so do you just have a real passion for that kind of information and data that that's what you're writing about a lot? Or what's your connection to that, those topics? Yeah, I just enjoy doing it. So I just enjoy teaching. Okay. Okay, good. Awesome. And so um, it just kind of Again, these are just like curiosity, selfish questions, I feel like. So hopefully it's helping everybody as well. But so when you when you went to college, is that where you learned all this, you know, blogging and no, getting audience? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just experimenting and trying stuff on my own websites. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and not to like completely bash college. I mean, you got your first job from a speech that you gave in college. So, you know, it was like a really long job yeah. interview. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it sounds like if you want to learn something, you just go out and, and figure it out. So, yeah. yeah, it just comes from curiosity, it sounds like. Pretty so, much. Okay. Um, so, do you have friends? I mean, are, do you have friends who are entrepreneurs, or how do you connect? Yeah, almost all my friends are entrepreneurs. 
customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you have any that you feel like, you know, if you would just tweak this one thing, you would be so much more successful? Or do you, all your friends have all their crap together? No, they all could improve. Yeah. Uh, and it's never usually can you tweak one thing and you'll be worth a shitload more. It's usually a lot of small changes in a business that makes them grow. Also, most of my friends who are entrepreneurs have uh, businesses that are very established, so they're not really new. Hence, it's not really the tweak one thing. Right. Sure, if they're starting out, maybe, but a lot of them have been in the same business for like 10, 15, 16 years. Okay. Well, um, so do you, um, do you work, have you, like, do you connect with, I'm sure that you do, people want to talk to you all the time, like I approach you and I'm like, hey, can I get information from you? So what do you see people who are trying to kind of build and get to a point where they're feeling like, hey, I think I'm getting this stuff together. What do you think is one thing that they're typically missing that you see as soon as, is there anything that you see that if you could just make them, no, it's just a whole spaghetti bowl full of stuff. (laughs) You're always going to feel lost or confused or unsure and that's okay. That's part of being an entrepreneur. Okay. And is there anything that you would say that through the whole process that you, that it's a struggle that just keeps popping its head up that you're constantly having to kind of readjust and find a solution for? No, not really. Like you'll have departments that struggle here and there and you have to keep adjusting and tweaking. Then you move on to the next one. It's all processes. So you just document processes, figure them out, you keep tweaking them and then you scale things up. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, and so before we go, I know we're getting to the end. If there's anything that you could just share with people and it doesn't have to be one thing. Cause I feel like there's no sure. just one thing. So if you could just share a spaghetti bowl of stuff that before we go, that you just feel like if, you know, we're talking to people who are, are doing it. So these aren't just people who are wannabes. These are actually people who are maybe two years in and they're doing the right stuff. And, um, is there like a bowl full of stuff that you could just share with them that you're like, if you were to yeah, do these things, I'll end it with three tips. So one, you don't have to do something unique to make money. There's nothing wrong with copying, but just make sure whatever you're copying your solution is ideally easier to use or more affordable. Two, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. I mentioned this, but learn from them and avoid making the same ones over and over again. It'll really help you get to success, financial success at least. It's just a question of when. And the third one is if you don't love what you're doing, stop doing it and go do something else. If you're not passionate, you won't put in the hours, the time, or the energy that's needed to make it successful. Okay, those are really, really good tips. And again, it kind of goes back to... Um, I don't know. I don't know how to say it other than it feels like we're always saying do the boring stuff. Sorry. Like I don't have anything more exciting to tell you. Yeah, you just gotta grind it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the first time I've ever interviewed anyone about marketing and they didn't talk about audience, knowing their audience. And um, what I think that's pretty much the one thing that we're all like, I have literally, this is the first podcast we didn't. So I'm going to just bring it up. Is there anything you have to say about knowing your audience and speaking to that audience yeah of course if you know your audience then you can market to them better but uh you can't just rely on data like uh there's two types there's quantitative and there's qualitative most people just rely on like quantitative data what you see in things like google analytics you need to actually pick the phone talk to people and get the qualitative data as well that'll help you really know your audience okay and do you um 
do you like do you have any suggestions on how to do that like because I feel like um if I was just an entrepreneur sitting on my couch hopefully not their couch just sitting in their office um and they're thinking oh just pick up the phone and find out like is there some have you done it and yeah you call random people that you think would be interested in your product or service you survey people using things like SurveyMonkey or Qualaroo and like you literally just pick up the phone and start calling or start emailing people that you think would be ideal customers and get feedback. You'll be shocked on how many people will be willing to give you free feedback. Awesome. Awesome. That's very good. That That is very good information and tips. So, okay. So we are at the finale and I always like, I'm such a huge foodie. I feel like I'm a marketer, but really I'm a foodie at heart. So, um, and I know you travel a lot, so you'll have to, I want you to share like your favorite restaurant or restaurants, but you have to like identify what city they're in as well. Yeah, uh, I eat, you know, the same foods over and over again, but like uh, I eat a lot in Los Angeles. So Katana is good, which is like Japanese fusion type of food. Um, Taste is good. That's in Los Angeles as well. Uh, I think that's a little bit of everything. there's, what else do I eat at consistently? Uh, Spice Affair is good in Beverly Hills. That is Indian food. I eat at those three places quite often. Okay. Awesome. Well, I will make sure I take note on that and uh, try those places out. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much again, Neil. I really appreciate it. And did you have anything else that you wanted to share before we go? No, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thank you. And again, thank you to Curtis. I also, um, my assistant Taylor has been helping with this whole process. So, um, and then also Alex Youngren is our audio guy. So I also want to give him a shout out as well. And as well as Jessica and Rachel and all our Chat and Grow people who uh, were sending us questions. So I really appreciate them too. But thank you so much. This was so fun. And um, I appreciate your input and feedback. And I don't know why I thought like, oh my gosh, I'm going to interview Neil Patel. He's going to just like open the skies and something. But really what I appreciate is that everything you told us, it's just things, it's just the same old stuff that we just have to stick to and just do. And if you love it, it's not going to feel like work. It's just um, you know, get up, do it, do it again, do it again, and then you were going to wake up. Um, I heard one time I used to work from a coffee shop, and I remember I sat, and it must have been a, a high school or a college kid who was sitting and having coffee with what must have been a mentor of some sort, looked like an older gentleman who maybe was a coach. And I remember him telling that young man, he was like, you know what, you just keep at it, and one day in 10 years, you're going to wake up and you're going to be an overnight success. <laughs> and, and it's just always, I just that visual, it just sticks with me all the time. And, um, and I again, like you said, you know, learn from mistakes you're not doing Uh, you know, the wrong thing and wake up and you're like, wow, what have I done for the last 10 years? (laughs) But, uh, but thank you so much for sharing what you do know. And I know um, that, you know, you found a lot of success with it. And I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do it and, um, you know, telling us your, your take, your take on digital marketing today. So um, thanks again and have a great day and have a safe trip when you travel back. Sounds good. Take care. Uh Bye-bye.